Hello and welcome to the Shmuel Tenenhaus podcast. My name is Shmuel Tenenhaus. This is a special, special birthday podcast from me to you. So got a lot of uh, things that have been annoying me lately, and I'm going to use this podcast as my platform to get it all off my chest and then let you deal with my issues so I can continue on my life uh, and, of course, in the future, encountering other stuff that continue to annoy me or new things completely that annoy me. So first thing is uh, one pet peeve, major pet peeve, is when people come over to me in shul or synagogue and they will say, hey, uh, do you know uh, what the Wi-Fi password for the synagogue is? And uh, maybe because I'm related to the rabbi or I've been around for a long time or I just look like the type of person that would know the Wi-Fi password. And what I always want to tell them is, uh, yeah, why you want the Wi-Fi password? I could also uh, give you the keys uh, for the copy machine in case you want to make any copies while you're dropping by Shul to, to connect with God. Also, why don't you give me your phone while you're praying and I'll just answer it for you because this is a full service WeWork situation that we have uh, going on here. And with that Wi-Fi uh, password I give you, I'm also just going to, if you don't mind, I'll give you a notebook and a pen so you have some office supplies. I'm just going to jot down the fax number in case anybody wants to send you a fax while you're here at Shul. Gosh. The next thing is uh, very personal here. And uh, <clears throat> refer to this little segment as Dear Hokas. So Hokas are my uh, running shoes, which my wife correctly predicted that once I would get a pair of Hoka's, uh, you can see my Hoka's right here. Once I would get a pair, I would never take them off. And even though I'm supposed to have a regular pair of shoes like a regular person, I just wear my Hoka's all the time. Uh, however, my wife had, has let it be known to me that uh, the Hoka's are, for lack of a better word, a libido crusher uh, for, my, for her, uh, I guess, and uh, for anybody who observes me like that, even if they're not married to me, it just will destroy anybody's estrogen or testosterone levels because they have to see me running around with those thick running sneakers. So we have a little bit of a dilemma here. It looks like we may have to get myself a normal pair of shoes or potentially I'll wear the hokas just to the gym and then I'll walk around barefoot, which I've done in the past. And then nobody could criticize my shoes because... I have no footwear other than just my feet. Uh, An an observation that I had uh, on uh, the airplane. Well, first of all, I never understood why they serve coffee right when you get on the plane. So you're about to take a three, four, five-hour flight, and they say, you know what? Let's get you caffeinated right away so you're all jittery and anxious on the plane. It should be the opposite. When you get on the plane, they should just offer you tea or something very sleepy or mellow, as you're departing the plane, that's when they should offer you the caffeine so you leave the plane with a lot of oomph and enthusiasm to hit the real world. Which, by the way, uh, I'd be remiss not to say that when I get asked for coffee on the plane or pretty much coffee anywhere, uh, I always make the same terrible joke when they ask me if I want sugar or milk, I say, no, I like my coffee like my women, Jewish and spoiled, 
which makes no sense whatsoever on so many different levels, but I have to keep saying it because I've been saying it for such a long time, I just have to keep going with it. Another thing I also noticed uh, by airports is it's very easy to distinguish between people who are departing not from this world, but they're departing at the airport versus people who are arriving. The people who are leaving somewhere onto a trip, taking a flight somewhere, they always look like they're well-dressed, their self-esteem is intact, Uh, they don't look like they're carrying around any excessive body odor. But when you see the people leaving the airport, at that point, they look completely whipped, like they've they've lost the fight uh, against humanity and you can smell them from a long, from, from a, a great distance. And even though you're not necessarily near them, you can tell, hey, these people are packing body odor. And uh, the spirits just look completely crushed as they're waiting for uh, a friend or family member or a stranger in a rideshare vehicle to pick them up. And as you know, when your relatives or a friend picks you up at the air- airport, they can't, God forbid, actually stop, come to complete stop to pick you up because... They will get a ticket or fined or the car will get towed or just blown up by the airport security. So you basically have to like slow down and they have to start running with their suitcases and throw in their suitcases and jump into the trunk of the car so they can pick you up while not coming to complete stop for airport security reasons. Uh, I want to talk to you a little bit about uh, a great class I've been listening to. Rabbi Shays Taub has a Shar B'Tachin class that you can listen to on Spotify or iTunes. I've been listening to it in the gym. I will say, even if you do not believe in God, and uh, <clears throat> that's that's totally fine with me, uh, you should go and listen to this class just for the jokes. So uh, I don't, you know, I the jokes are, are are strong enough to hold this class. So from a from a comedy perspective, he's ve- has got very good timing, very good delivery. I, I kid you not, it's very entertaining. Uh, I do listen to it sometimes in the gym, and uh, I do feel that because it is uh, the book of uh, you know betachen, sometimes I'm a little overconfident in the gym. Sometimes I'll add a, a couple extra plates uh, to do bench pressing, and I'm like, I got this because I have confidence, and then I'm not able to to do what I got to do there. Um, but that's just my own my own doing. So I highly recommend it. Very good, very entertaining. Uh, one of the hardest things I find about having a podcast, uh, particularly with having guests, is that you have to actually get the guests, which is a, a really hairy uh, situation procedure. You have to call people and tell them you have a podcast and beg them to be on your podcast and then try to coordinate a time for them to come. And then you have to have them on, pretend like you're interested in what they have to say. It's a very challenging thing, the whole thing. Most of the time, people don't have time to be on your podcast. There's so many podcasts out there. So one way that I'm dealing with this is uh, instead of trying to book people for now, I book them a few years in advance. So I'll tell people, hey, can you be in my podcast in two, three years from now? And they'll agree to it because they're like, you know, I may not be around or your podcast may not be around in 2028. So I want to tell the people who are listening to my podcast, yeah, I don't have guests right now. But in four or five years, I have a very strong lineup. I can't give the names away. 
but because uh, of not, uh, confidentiality. But uh, I have some great guests coming up in the next uh, decade. <laughs> and then on this, uh, <clears throat> sorry about that. I just cleared my throat in a really disgusting way. Uh, I thought I would share that with everybody. So the next thing is I want to talk a little bit about how uh, Apple, the company, not the fruit, uh, reminds me of the mafia. And here's why. So when you get your phone, it's a very expensive device. And what Apple tells you is, hey, listen, you can have our device and that's no problem. But the thing is that guess what? You know, at some point in time, your glass can shatter. I mean, we're not going to shatter it, but it's a dangerous world out there. And uh, if you give us $10, $15 a month for Apple Care, and somebody smashes your screen or you smash your screen or, or, or something happens to it, we're going to be there for you. We'll, we'll take care of you. But if you want the protection, it's going to be $10, $15 a month that you're going to have to, uh, you're going to, have to pay up. The other thing is, and they'll say, uh, and by the way, when people have their phones broken or their screens shattered, it's typically the day after they deny coverage uh, or Apple protection. And uh, I can't say with certainty, but, you know, is it an Apple employee, you know, somebody from the Apple store coming over and smashing your phone uh, to make that point? I can't say, I can't say with 100% uh, certainty, but I, I'm sure it has happened. And the other thing Apple does is say, hey, listen, you have, we have a lot of memory on the phone. But uh, you just are about to exceed your limit. And we are going to erase uh, all your memories from uh, the phone unless, unless, unless you give us another $10, $15. We'll extend your, your coverage. So now you're going to have protection from either vandalism or your screen getting smashed by an Apple Store employee or by anybody else, really, for that matter. And also, your life memories that we're just about to unplug the server where your photos are on. If you give us another $10, $15 a month, you get to keep those memories, which is just uh, a very frightening thing to think about. In general, my wife the other day sent me a memory, a Google memory. And this was pictures from five years ago, seven years ago, six years ago, at some some. At some point uh, in the, uh, you know, it was uh, something that happened in the past. Yeah, that's what it was, something that happened in the past. And uh, it dawned upon me that technology companies like Facebook or Google or Apple actually own our memories. We don't really have any of our own memories. We have a couple of them. But really, if you think about it, these companies actually own you because they have all your memories literally that's how it's packaged they'll say hey check out this memory so they are the owner now of your memories uh, i do want to say that i have a lot of friends these days who are going on plant journeys and i have one friend in particular he is about 15 years ahead of me when it comes to any sort of recreational drugs so we were born approximately at the same time but uh you know, when he was already born, you know, he was probably drinking alcohol as a baby. I only had alcohol, let's say 15, you know, when I was 15, 16 years old. And then he had marijuana 
when I was just starting to get to alcohol, and now I only discovered cannabis in my 30s. So now, if obviously, he, th these people are on their next level. So they're now doing plant journeys. And whatever, you take a bunch of plants, you go on a journey somewhere. And for me, the closest I've gotten right now to plant journey is, uh, is a fruit smoothie, which is I'll, le I'll be leaving the house in the morning doing carpool and uh, already, you know, feeling stressful in the morning and my wife will take a bunch of fruit and make it into a smoothie. So it's not quite a plant journey, but it is a fruit smoothie and it uh, really helps my psyche. I bumped into a friend of mine at the gym last week and I told him, dude, you don't know anything about trauma. I'm in the gym to work off my trauma. And he says, what do you mean I don't know anything about trauma? I, I, I'm divorced. I said, you think that's trauma? Dude, I'm still married. Okay, that's that's the trauma. You got away from the, the marriage. But me and my wife, we're, we're still in this now. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about the economy and the cost of living, which we haven't done for a couple of weeks because I haven't made a podcast in a couple of weeks. So I, I'm very disturbed about people on Yum Kipper uh, I have no issue, like we've discussed in the past, about um, caffeine suppositories. But to save money, people were using refurbished um, suppositories. And I think that is uh, there's hygiene issues, and you never know where it's been, literally. And so I don't, I don't like this idea, and I do think that people should be a lot more careful. The other thing is... Uh, this year, I didn't even try one myself, but I've heard good things, is you can have now, they make the caffeine suppositories for Yum Kipper with a little hot sauce uh, on the tip. So it's a double, uh, so basically you feel the hot sauce, it wakes you up, but then the caffeine goes in. This, this year, I actually used a slow release caffeine pill, even though my wife and I were up at three o'clock in the morning so it was definitely releasing it on a delayed schedule. But unfortunately, the caffeine made an entrance at 3 a.m. in the morning. And so we were wide awake. It actually uh, worked. The other thing is I think is a complete cop-out to Judaism is uh, Kaparis drive through This is not an ethical conversation. Uh, should we do Kaparis with chickens? Should we not do Kaparis with chickens? This is just a saying that People this year did the Kaparis drive-through, where you basically drive through. You don't even have to get over your out of your car. Somebody you just stick your head out of the window, and somebody will come, and then you just leave. And uh, I feel like if you're doing a mitzvah, you should not try to do it the easy way. You should actually get out of your vehicle if you have to do it. Now. I want to talk to you about a situation about uh, enmeshment in religion and how deep it goes. And I have a, an anecdote to share with you, which underscores the point I'm trying to, to make. So this was, we were having, uh, this was happening on Rosh Hashanah on New Year's. We were having a minion, uh, a prayer gathering at the end, towards the end, the second day. And it's customary to chant or to sing nigunim, songs, Hasidic melodies. And during that time, while people were singing these songs, 
I was doing my own thing. I was catching up on my Chumash, on my Jewish studies. I was studying some, some of the Bible. And then, while this was all happening, there was thunder and lightning outside. So naturally, as a good Jew, we're trying to be a good Jew. At the moment, I paused and I made the blessing. I made the bracha for thunder and lightning. And then I realized that I am in three deep because... On the one hand, around me, people are singing Nigunim. That's one level deep. Two, I'm a level deeper because while the singing is going on, I'm actually doing my shirim. I'm studying Chumash. But then, when the thunder and lightning happened and I had to stop for the thunder and lightning, I was in a, a third level deeper. So this is, even if I were to break out of this, there's so many layers here. I think it's 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 an impossibility. Uh, so uh, that's how that's how deep I am in 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 the system right now. I'm not advocating a polygamous lifestyle. That's not what I'm here to do. That's not what this podcast is about. And maybe we'll broach the topic at a different time. I do want to say, as a married person with Children, I do very much take my hat off, theoretically speaking, uh, figuratively speaking, for polygamists. And I'm not talking about you know, polygamists who are struggling. I'm talking about the successful polygamists, the people who have made a run at polygamy and they're doing quite quite well. They're featured in the polygamy magazines and they're, they're held in high regard within uh, the polygamous communities. And that's I, I mentioned this for one particular thing, and that is all. And that is just because the cost of living is so much right now. If you have a wife and children, so I can only imagine what it's like for polygamists because sometimes I'll sit with my friends. And I'm like, oh my gosh, my wife is spending so much money and the kids and they're going to school. But you're a polygamist. You have multiple wives and a lot more children, and they're going to a private polygamy school for kids that you know raise them on the foundation of polygamy so you got private schools wives multiple credit cards you don't have a monthly nut you have monthly nuts to cover uh, so even if one wife is is, is kind of keeping to a budget the other wife is not keeping to a budget that's a lot and so if somebody is successful at this again I'm not advocating polygamy. I want to be very clear. However, I do have profound respect in terms of budget allocation and attempts to cover overhead in, 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 in such a predicament. Now I want to take a moment to declare a moment of silence for everybody this year who cannot afford to travel to Israel for Sukkot. Uh, either you're not, you don't have the mileage wealth or you just don't have any wealth at, at all. And you're stuck while you have friends and relatives who are loaded with, again, either miles or money or perhaps both, and they are going to Israel. And you're stuck here scrolling through your social media feeds, having to see them having a great time there. So let's Let's just take a moment of silence, 10 seconds.
Okay, feel, bring that envy to the surface. Okay, really lean into that, that jealousy. Think about, oh, if I had all the miles that they had. Okay, let's move on. Uh, so talking about mileage, I have status on an airline, JetBlue. I have Mosaic status. I'm Mosaic 3, actually, which is very important because when they call, they say, thank you for being Mosaic 3. If they would say, thank you for just being Mosaic, I'd flip my lid because I'm, I, I've already achieved higher stripes. The hardest thing I have with having status, Mosaic, and airline is having to be in the same physical space as non-Mosaic people. It's just disgusting. Yes, I can board earlier, but for somebody who's non-Mosaic to look in my direction and to share the terminal with me, it's kind of repulsing uh, because, again, I've achieved a certain status and you're running around with your kids or with your little non-Mosaic checked piece of luggage and I... I have to look at you and I have to share the room and the oxygen. I wish there was a better, uh, there was a, a workaround for that. I also want to nominate or declare that the official beverage for the Frum community is lemon water because that is a beverage that we drink if we overeat and we need something to break down the protein. And, and there's a common thing that happens to community. So lemon water is now the official, not sponsor, but the official beverage of the from community. Every from fridge needs to have a pitcher of lemon water. Now, much to our sh my chagrin, I have to say that this knocks off Baramayim Chaim from being the number one beverage or the, the spokes beverage for the community. So now we have number one is lemon water, two is Bermayim Chaim, which by the way, um, I've heard that uh, Bermayim Chaim water is so potent with their bubbles that it can actually give off electricity. There are some communities in Israel that are just running off of the energy current given off by the bubbles in Bermayim Chaim. I want to propose a concept where it's cell phones for kids. I'm personally in favor of giving my children and all children their own cell phones. Why, you ask? Why would you do something so foolish? First of all, they may already have their own cell phones, but I'm talking about for younger kids, five-year-olds, six-year-olds, two-year-olds. I think every child needs and ought to get a cell phone. And here's why. Because as a parent, if my little kids would have a cell phone, it would give me the opportunity to steal their phones. I would like to take their phone out of the charger and use it, play games, download my own apps. Also, it'd be an opportunity that whenever I see them, I could ask them, hey, can can I have your phone? Give me your phone. Can, can, I, can I have a phone? Can I text? my friend from your phone because that's what you've been doing the whole time so now i, I want to turn the tables on you give me your phone i want your phone i want to misplace it 
I, I want to scratch the screen. Maybe I have Apple protection, Apple mob protection. Maybe I don't. I also uh, want to get smudges of food on your, on your phone. I think this is just a form of poetic justice that parents can now serve up to their children. At the airport, there is, uh, by the way, I apologize, there are people walking behind me. That, and that is because I do live in a society where there, where, there are, where there are people, which reminds me that let's say that I have people who are my friends. They're a couple, husband and wife. And at some point in time, they broke off connections or communication with pretty much all their friends and family, except maybe for a select few. It's so selective, we don't even know who it is. And so sometimes I'm speaking to friends or family or they're talking about why this particular couple broke off contact from everybody else. And I know the answer. This couple has an amazing thing happened to them, and that is called clarity. Yeah, clarity. They have clarity. They don't have use for all the losers out there. And the truth is, I really understand them, and I, and I, and I give them credit and kudos for, for making that break. And one day we should all have that level of clarity where we could just sever any communication with, with people around us. Obviously, you can nod your head if you see them at a simcha, but more than that, I mean, why? Uh, I feel very bad in the airport sometimes. There's this company called Clear where, yes, you can go right through the lines. It's biometric screening. They look at your, your, your eyes and your fingerprints, and if you're a Jew, there's an option. They'll just scan your nose, and you can go right through security. However, Sometimes, you know, it's, it's a very good sales pitch when there are long security lines. However, more often than not, when the clear people are out there trying to get you to sign up for their service, there are no security lines. It's very, very challenging at that point, even for the best salesman in the world, to sell you on the merits of being part of clear. Because essentially what, what's happening right now is they're saying, hey, listen, you can join clear and go right through, or you could not join clear and also have no weight because there's no security lines right now. So don't you see the distinct advantage of having clear? Look, clear, sign up right now, pay $180 a year, or don't sign up and walk right through security. There's, there's, nobody, there's, there's, nobody, there's nobody here, just go right through. Very challenging environment, I think, for any sales or marketing person to extol the benefits of clear again when there are no lines in the airport. I don't know why they would actually choose to do marketing at such a time. Now is the month of Tishrei. And as a from Jew, Tishrei is just all about checklist of getting stuff. Did... You get your sukkah. Yes, I got my sukkah. What about schach? You got schach? You got, you got some bamboo? You got your AC now? There? You got a couple of fans? What do you got? You got your lulav? Well, what about 
What about your esrog? You got an esrog? I got a good esrog. What about a rovis? You got you got a rovis? What about you got your you got your machzer? You got a machzer. You got a good machzer. I I got two machzer. A kittel you got. You got a kittel. What about a caffeine pill? You got got a caffeine pill. You got your you got your shayfer. You got your head of fish. You got your new fruit. You got you have your new fruit. What about a pair of non-leather shoes, baby? You got your non-leather shoes. Somebody ought to do a package, a Tishrei package that has everything that you need for, for, for Tishrei, the Tishrei package. And then somebody says, you get this, you get this. What do you mean? I got the Tishrei package. Everything is in the Tishrei package. So before we conclude, and don't cry because we'll be back for more episodes. We talk about two things. First thing is, if you know somebody, or in general, as a woman, you think that men are very callous and they don't take life seriously, and they're just making jokes, and they're not grounded in reality, what I will tell you is, if you ever want to see a serious man face, the way to do that is observe any male paying a restaurant bill. Because at that point, all humor leaves his body. His, his, his posture gets very stiff. And if he has a pair of reading glasses, he'll put that on. The, the calculator from his, from his phone is in full force. And he's looking at the list. The salad was a sushi eating. Who who ordered the who you ordered the tiramisu? You could even eat it. Gosh, a tip at eighteen. So again, if there's somebody that you're like, hey, this guy needs a, a dose of reality in his life. What I'll tell you is, take him out to eat, have him pay the bill. Watch watch what happens when he gets that that bill. Serious man face happens, and if you're a wife, just know that. That's a sign of strength because he's he's your your husband or your man is displaying uh, a level of maturity and discipline that you didn't even know that he has. I want to conclude with the fact that myself, like potentially other men in the community. We have a responsibility, our contribution to Shabbos, let's say, or to the umptive, is we take on the cleaning up after the meal. That's the one thing that we do. We clean up. We clean the plates. We put the stuff. We find areas to squeeze things into the fridge, even though there's not necessarily room to do it week in, week out. So, yes, it's an important thing that we do because the wives work so hard. And the kids, maybe they have their jobs before Shabbos. And this is an opportunity for you to demonstrate to your children what it means that the father participate, participates, the father helps. However, while this is a very important thing to do, and I relish the chance every week that I get to do it, what I started doing is incorporating a little guilt for others into my uh, cleaning repertoire. So what I do is, as I'm cleaning, 
I sing uh, sad songs all about a father who has to clean the table by himself without any help from his family and kids. And the sadder of a tune you choose and the more morose or melancholy you sound, the more guilt it will elicit from the people that are around you, either your wife, your children, or maybe even the guests. Uh, And this is not necessarily that you need their help, but one, it's always good uh, to sprinkle on resentment whenever possible. And just uh, other feelings of guilt to be able to put onto others is a tremendous feeling while you're slaving away trying to figure out a place uh, for the big soup pot week in, week out. So here's an example of a song, but you can make your own version. The father is cleaning the table by himself. His shoulders are drooping. He is so sad. Oh, why my kids don't help? I am all alone and sad. Let me find a place for this salad. And just do that over and over with other uh, sad tunes until uh, somebody sheds a tear. Anyways, take care. I'll see you all next podcast.